and welcome. I'm Maggie Batista, a writer, storyteller, guide, and the host of the We Are Magic podcast. I'm also a human existing through our crazy, beautiful times. We Are Magic is a podcast on peace, personal growth, and entrepreneurship. In this space, I share stories, lessons, and discoveries at the intersection of inner transformation and entrepreneurial manifestations. I help you connect with your magic, your softness, and your sweet, sweet soul so you feel empowered to create work that feels truly aligning. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, how are you doing today? Are you taking care of yourself? Have you paused to take a moment to breathe? If this is your first pause of the day, I am going to invite you now to breathe with me. I want you to take three deep breaths, pulling the air in through your nose and down to your belly and then releasing it out through your mouth. But as it releases, imagine it leaving your body through your crown. And if you can, close your eyes as we do this. Breath number one. Breath number two. And breath number three. There, I hope you feel a bit better. Today's episode is part two of my talk with my girlfriend and writer and magic seer, Joy Ueno. I hope you're enjoying this. It's been super expansive and enlightening for me. The time together goes by so quickly. We feel like we're in some alternate universe when we're speaking. So I'm glad you get to listen into that. Now, last week, you heard us talk about magic and all the ways magic has arrived into Joy's field, plus how it impacts her work as a writer and storyteller. And you heard a bit of that from me too. If you missed that episode, I encourage you to go back to episode number 58 and listen to that first before you listen to this one which is episode 59, because it's really nice to have the stories we shared that led up to this episode. And today, we'll dig into how magic impacts our relationships with friends and family and acquaintances, as well as Joy's deep dive into lucid dreaming and how The practice supports her expansion and her work and her connection to all that is. I think it's really, really cool stuff. Okay, let's begin part two of my conversation with writer and magic seer, Joy Ueno. We're just going to drop right back in where we left off.
So tell me, I want to dig in and think about magic in practical terms, like in this existence called life. We are walking a planet. We are human beings. You're a human being. You know other human beings. I wonder, how do family and friends respond to the synchronicities or the magic when you share it with them? You mentioned your partner, but your partner and beyond are certain people more open to it while others are more rooted, let's just say, more exclusively in the logic of the mind or in what they can see? That's my big question to you. There is the whole range of responses because I am not someone who is very good at filtering myself when I'm excited about something and I'm excited about this. There's this part of me, and less so now, but more so in the beginning, there was this part of me that was like, everyone has to know about the magic. Like, it's amazing. (laughs) It's so good that, you know, when we start allowing and being open to it, we want others to feel this good too. So I get it. I get it. Exactly. And what encouraged me to begin talking to more people about it was that I was just running into people who would bring it up to me before I could bring it up to them. Everywhere I went, it was photography clients. It was people at the grocery store. It was, you know, just people that I met randomly in the small town that I live in. And they would start talking to me about like synchronicities or crystals or energy or whatever. And, um, I thought, okay, maybe this is something that more of us are experiencing than I think. And maybe people won't think I'm crazy when I start talking about it. And people really generally have been very open and accepting to it, even if they're not people who believe in magic. People have generally been very open to it. I will say that there are people who are very afraid of anything that they can't explain. And so, for example, funny things started happening in my house after my awakening. And one of the things that happened was that my husband, this is a funny story, my husband went to use the bathroom one day, and we have a Google Home in the bathroom. And he likes to talk to the Google Home in the bathroom. And he said, Google, play me the flash news briefing. And I heard him laughing. And I thought that's weird. Like the news isn't really funny. <laughs> right not, now. Not these no, not, not for the last several years. <laughs> no, for a while. Um, yeah. And then he came out and he said, you're so funny. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. The bathroom's halfway across the house. And he said, I said, Google, play the flash news briefing. And you flashed the lights on and off. And I said, No, I didn't. Because we live in, I should explain, in New England, we all have our light switches outside of the bathrooms, which is strange. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you you could feasibly do that. And I hadn't, no one else lives in our house. We have a corgi. She's very small. (laughs) She couldn't reach the light switches. Right, right. So he said, shut up. You flicked the light switches on and off. And I said, no, I really didn't. And he was like, very weirded out by it. And a couple of weeks later, I had a reading with my medium and she said, oh, your grandmother and your husband's grandmother have been 
you know, really working to try to get your husband on board with all of this. Because at that time, he was very, you know, it was new to all of us, right? Sure. And um, she said, your grandma and his grandma have been in your house and they've been doing something like turning the lights on and off on your husband. (laughs) And I said, oh my God, yes. Yes, that happened. So now we know who it was. And I've told people that and they thought, I think that's delightful. Like, I'm like, oh, our grandmothers are on board and they're here and I know who they are and I love that. And, um, you know, they just want to make sure that we're okay. And people have responded by saying, that's scary. I always think like, that's not scary. (laughs) That's just amazing and wonderful. And so I I do find that people often when they're not prepared or they don't want to talk about spirituality or they don't, they don't want to be anywhere near magic because they've been traumatized by whatever, like our media (laughs) likes to be like, anything you can't see is scary or anything you don't understand is evil or whatever, um, will respond with fear. And what I've had to understand is that that's okay. This is just not the time for them to be on board with that or be excited about that. And there are lots of other people who are ready to talk about it and that's cool. And they'll find you. And, you know, I also want to say that at the beginning of all of this, I was very sort of alone and thinking like, everyone's going to think this is nuts. But I asked my guides, I said, you know, can you bring more people into my life who are also having these experiences? And then like Maggie showed up (laughs) in that workshop. And, you know, my friend Rosie, who's an energy healer showed up and we talk a lot and just a lot of people have come into my life who I'm able to have these conversations with my friend Carrie, who lives in California and, you know, and we've known each other. These are people I've known for a long time, but didn't know I could have this conversation with. And that to me is maybe one of the most magical things is the way that we've all been able to find each other. I think that feels like the real gift through this process, right? Because there will be people who believe and people who don't believe and that's fine, right? We, we all have to feel into what feels true to us. But I think the gift through this process for me is that we create space to know who we are better. And naturally we magnify those who seek that similar expansion, you know, that similar, that similar wonder, awe and wonder, you know, with the world that we allow. And I think that's super, I think that's super special for us. Really special. And also, you know, there are people who like will say, oh, I don't believe in any of that. But then just by being around you and seeing you witness the magic will sort of begin to think, you know, and I'm never out to convince anybody about the magic. Like, you don't believe in the magic, that's fine. (laughs) But then things will just happen. And it's this ripple effect of you noticing things and then them noticing things. And then just that opening up a doorway to them being able to maybe have room for a little bit more magic. Yeah, you know, and I um I used to be careful about speaking about it. I used to be choosy 
because I was fearful that someone would think I was a little woo. But now I feel like the choosiness is more boundary setting and deciding sort of where I want to give my energy and allow my energy to flow and, and where I just want to, you know, not engage and keep it here, keep it close to my heart. Do you feel like that contributes to this idea of shedding? I think so. I think so. Talk to me about shedding. So I ask you that because one of the other great gifts of all of this for me has been this sort of falling away of relationships that were toxic. And it hasn't really required any effort on my part. (laughs) It's just happened naturally. And it's not with any ill will or anything like that. Um, And that's another process of allowing, like allowing those relationships to fall away. But I think that, I think that this, by, by witnessing the magic and, and receiving the messages and it opens you up to the deeper, more truer version of yourself. And in finding that being or your soul self inside of you, you just are more connected to the people who you have that soul connection with. And it's easier to release the people who you have in your life for whatever other reasons that they've been there, which are probably, you know, definitely not soul connections. So whether it's just like they've been there for some length of time or, you know, you're clinging to it in some way, it's easier to let those things go and they kind of fall away. And I think that concept of shedding applies whether you believe in magic or not, right? I think that the more we get to know ourselves, the more we come to the truth of who we are, the more we allow ourselves to take up the right sort of space that feels good. And sometimes others don't or can't or do not have the capacity to be around that. And that's okay. I It is okay. I have all the compassion for that. That is totally fine. But I have noticed a falling away too. Um, and I think a lot of people have, whether they've gone through an awakening period or not through COVID, there's just been a refining of, hi, we have so many years, human years on this planet, And we want to make the most of them and be around the people that get us, whether that be soul connection or just truly understand us and are willing to witness all of us, you know, let us all be there. Um, There are definitely spaces where I can show up as my whole self and there are spaces where I cannot necessarily do that. And I want to be in spaces where I can be all of me, right? Yes. Yes. And feels so different. And you can, I think because it got so quiet and so still for some period of time, we're more sensitive to knowing what that feels like when you're in a space where you are completely yourself versus when you're in a space where you're kind of holding back in some way. I can feel it. I can feel it. In fact, I did receive that message this week that there are some places where I am holding back still. And so just having this conversation with you is just like, hi, I get to be all of me here. And it's so lovely. So, and I want to explore other parts of you too. So I'd like to talk a little bit about 
this work you've been doing that we've talked a little bit about, you've been exploring the technique of lucid dreaming. And I wondered what that unfolding process has been like for you. And I bet you we could do like 10,000 episodes about it, but (laughs) let's like preview it and talk about what lucid dreaming is and what, why you've been doing it. What's the work you've been doing with it? Lucid dreaming for anyone who doesn't know and isn't familiar with it is the act of becoming conscious when you're dreaming. So you'll be in a dream and you'll have the thought, I'm dreaming. And you'll be able to, the idea is that by working toward that point of being conscious in your dream, you can do all kinds of things freely that you're not able to do in physical reality, whether that's flying or visiting places that you haven't been to or seeing people who have passed or um, even people will use it to practice giving speeches or doing specific maneuvers like sports things. (laughs) You can tell I'm not an athlete or, um, you know, like going to other planets, things like that. But the the real gift of lucid dreaming is that you are, and, and people use it also to heal a lot of times. So if they have like physical ailments or emotional, you know, traumas or things like that, they can heal them through the lucid dreaming process. So it is this getting deep into your self and your own wounds that need to be healed. Um, But it's also this ability to, I would say, ask questions that you need answers to, that you can ask entities you may not be able to hear in your waking life. That's a lot. Wow, that's a lot. So for anyone listening to, that's a lot. I feel that. But it's also fascinating. It's really fascinating. I didn't know anything about it. I I had heard people, you know, sort of talk about it before. Um, but this was another one of those things where I was getting message upon message about lucid dreaming until I paid attention to it. And what had happened was during my mushroom journey, I remember I didn't, I wasn't thinking about lucid dreaming at all. And I remember during my mushroom journey, I looked at my hands and I thought, this is strange. This doesn't feel like these are my hands or this is my body. And that was a very like distinct thing that happened during my mushroom journey. And it turns out that a big part of becoming, you know, practicing lucid dreaming is testing your reality and looking at your hands and, you know, trying to put your finger through your palm. And if you can do that, you know, you're dreaming. Mm -hmm. And part of the practice is that you would do that 10 or more times a day. It's just so that you're in the practice of asking yourself, am I dreaming during your daytime hours? Because that carries into your sleeping hours. Mm -hmm. And then you can, you have the opportunity to ask yourself that while you're sleeping. So that came up during my mushroom journey. 
I for months was waking up at four and six hours after I fell asleep and I did not know why. And I was so frustrated and I was like, I'm so tired. Why is this happening? And when I started studying lucid dreaming, it turns out that one of the best techniques is called wake back to bed, where you wake up at four and or six hours and you get out of bed or you stay up for some period of time so that your brain is active enough those specific times, four and six hours, are because those are when you have your longest REM periods mm-hmm. and you can have the longest opportunity to become lucid. And so what I understood then was that I was being woken up for this purpose to lucid dream. And then, you know, it was just like people talking about lucid dreaming everywhere I went and articles and podcasts and videos, like, you know, in the middle of which someone would start talking about lucid dreaming. And so because I'm not a natural dreamer, I'm not someone who generally would remember my dreams or have very vivid dreams. I wasn't sure that this was something that I could do until I started to learn that it's a practice and it's a skill like anything else. So the process is that you begin by dream journaling. You start a dream journal Every time you wake up, you kind of have to lie there for some period of time. Like for me, I have to lie there for a good five or 10 minutes before I remember my dreams generally. And then you immediately write down your dreams because you lose a lot of your dream within, I think, 50% by the time you wake up and then like 90% within 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah. You have to write it down. Yeah. Yeah. And that, along with the fact that I talked to, my friend Rosie Truong, who is an um, energy healer, she has very vivid dreams. So we would talk about our dreams a lot. She would be talking about her dreams. And then I started talking more about my dreams. That led to greater recall. So that's the most important part of it is just to start journaling. So I've never done lucid dreaming. This is fascinating. I have done some dream study, but mostly mostly to connect with the earth, with the planet and with my ancestors, right? So it's slightly different. Um, But I have woken up at five or six in the morning and like had to pull out my voice recorder, you know, press it on my phone and just start talking because I didn't want to forget. But I'm wondering, so this sounds like lucid dreaming sounds a little bit more in depth. How has it supported your process? Either like the magic process and or, and I'm probably a little more curious about the writing process, the discovery for the writing process, um, or maybe it served you in a way that's totally different. I'd love to hear. So by the time I started doing the lucid dreaming, I was fairly far along with the writing process. Okay. I think that what it's done for me is show me the ways that we limit ourselves in physical reality that aren't real. One of the things that I learned during the process of lucid dreaming, not from lucid dreaming, but from outside of it, was that the idea that manifestation is not about manifesting an outcome, but it's about manifesting the way that you want to feel because that matters so much more. So so tell me a little bit about this because there seems to be some power in knowing that you mentioned being limitless 
right? And you mentioned manifesting. I want to understand, well, I understand the feeling part of it all, but I want you to explain it to someone who might be listening. So when you are in a lucid dream and there aren't any limits to what you can do, so you can say, I want to fly off of this cliff, and then you do. Which, by the way, people, when you say this, are very afraid that you're going to go and think you're dreaming while you're awake. And that doesn't really happen Mm -hmm. Um, unless you have mental illness, which is a whole other thing, you know. But when you're practicing lucid dreaming, you can do impossible things, things that seem impossible in this life. And you can ask for things that you probably wouldn't ask for in life. And so that carries over into life where you think, why am I not asking for the things that I really want? You know, why am I telling myself that it's impossible to publish a book, right? Or why am I limiting myself in this way? Yeah. Why have I created these limits in my brain that say, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm an imposter. Um, I'm not smart enough, whatever it is. Yes. Or I shouldn't do this because it's not going to make me any money. Or I shouldn't do this because my family is going to judge me, you know? So in combination with learning this idea that manifestation is not about what outcome you want, but how you want to feel, it's possible to say, I want to feel like this work is deeply appreciated and making an impact on people rather than saying, I want to write something that sells this many copies and makes this amount of money, which is like, so, you know, the thing is, and we talk about this a lot, you and I, is everything that you could ask for is so much smaller than what the universe wants to give you. (laughs) If if listeners could see me, my hands would be up in the air praising because I totally feel this. My um, intuitive mentor likes to remind me that if you can measure it, and you know, the mind likes to measure it, the mind likes to have the goals and the numbers, but if you can measure it, then it's too small. Like it's way too small you're not necessarily taking into consideration the other types of impact that your work or your offering or your writing or your truth can give, can offer to the world, right? Right. And I feel like looking back on even my, my photography business, it was, I want to have this photography business that's like, you know, really well-known in my small, small geographic area. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it was like, it happened, but it was not aligned. Like it didn't feel good to me. And what I really wanted was to feel like I'm in alignment with the work that I'm doing and that I'm doing the work that I've been put here to do. And that's a completely different, much bigger project. And I think I would have been overwhelmed by that before, but now I'm prepared for it. And the the biggest blessing of it is that it's brought so many people together around it and, and people from my past and people from 
like new people from my present all together around it. And that's been a completely unexpected thing, but all aligned with the manifestation of how do I want to feel, which is like complete love and bliss. Totally. It is a, um, it's something that I talk about in my prosperity work, which is really the core of my work that, you know, prosperity isn't about the metrics or the money or the numbers. It really is about that feeling inside of being resourced and held and aligned with what you're doing and strategies all well and fine, right? Like then we can go and take action totally. But, um, I like to remind myself and I, and you help with this and others I talk to help with this, um, you know, in any given moment, am I doing something that feels so aligning and feels so exciting and lights me up? I may not get to do that all the time, but when I'm making big decisions, is this feeling like it's lighting me up? And I've had to ask myself that question a lot as I align further and further to soul, right? And allow more of it to flow through me. Um, in fact, earlier this year, you know, I had to question this course I was offering and whether or not like it was the most aligning thing I could do in that moment, or if I was doing it for another reason, if I was doing it because the mind was saying X, Y, or Z, if I was doing because strategy was, um, the first thing I was prioritizing, right? And I'm really trying to switch that up. So I love that we've had this conversation because I, I'm trying to lean over always toward what is lighten, lighting me up in the moment. What is doing that? What is cultivating this feeling of love and compassion in this moment? And how do I choose that? It's so difficult and also so simple right? It's overcoming years and years of people saying, you can't do this, or good luck with that, or, <laughs> you know, like, whatever conditioning we've had, to then sit back and be quiet enough to say, does this feel good to me? And not just does this feel good, but does this feel aligned? And I think that to get that still, is the challenge, but the reward is so great. It really is. And I think if anyone's listening to this conversation now and is thinking, this is coming to me now, so I'm sharing it, that, hi, I don't have the space to get to that feeling, or I don't know how to get to that feeling. Typically, it is a case of being resourced in some way. And certainly your greatest resourcing is from within, However, there are all these things around us that are happening that are pulling us away from that at any given time. We have to pay the bills. We have to pay the rent. We have to take care of these people who live in this house with us. <laughs> all the things, right? But, and it is a moment by moment allowing. And even if it's just like a tiny moment of feeling into it, right? It doesn't have to, you don't have to rearrange your whole entire life to feel everything full of love and compassion 150% all day long, right? It's momentary. It's moment by moment. It's little things, little choices you can make that eventually take you to making bigger and bigger choices, right? 
And we're human. So most of us, I think, are not in this place of I'm I'm reading about emptiness right now in Buddhism, which is another word for openness. And, mm-hmm. you know, just understanding that there is this idea of nothingness, like nothing is really real and exists. And therefore, we do not have to have these great emotional responses and reactions to everything that happens to us. And like, I listen to that, I think I am completely on board with that. But then someone cuts you off or, you know, says something really rude to you or racist Um, or you watch the news. It's just you watch the news and you have emotions because you're human. And having emotions is a really important part of this experience of being here. And so I think that it's just important to listen to yourself and have a lot of grace for the fact that, you know, we have these busy lives and some of us are busier than others, but whatever you can capture from that Mm -hmm. is important and meant for you. You can't miss what's meant for you. Correct. And I think that that's something I have to remind myself of whenever I start to get anxious about the timing of things or, you know, like whether or not I've been fast enough to do something or whatever, you know, or should I take a nap? (laughs) You know, it's like, you can't miss the things that are meant for you. Speaking of these feelings and the things that are meant for you, I don't think there's any place else I've wanted to be than having this conversation, which has been a wonderful, um, very nourishing experience. So thank you for that. And I wanted to see if there's anything else about magic that you thought might be worth sharing with folks. I think it's just important to let everyone know that it's different for everyone. And it doesn't matter what other people think about the magic that's coming into your life. You will feel it in your body that that is a message for you. And you'll know that that's your magic. I think a lot of times people will say, oh, well, you know, like I learned from this person that this is what's supposed to happen, or this is what these numbers mean, or, you know, this is like my dream about butterflies means this, but it's not going to mean necessarily that for you. It's your very personal specific experience of it. And that is the most important thing is to listen to your own guidance about those things. Yes, this is a very solo process as we connect with all that is, right? It's like a collective process, but it also is an individual process at the same time. And I love that you shared that. Thank you. Thank you. I wonder for folks who would like to keep up with you and learn more and get excited about your book, where can they find you? I have a very tiny right now Instagram account that I just started. It's my name, joy.ueno, which is spelled U-Y-E-N-O. And I talk about magic and love and grief and beauty, all of those things on my Instagram account. And it's wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being here today, Joy. And I look forward to the next time we get to chat. Thank you for having me. I've loved being here. 
I hope all of these thoughts and concepts and beautiful stories from Joy are helpful to you. And I'm sending a huge thank you to Joy. I'd give her a big hug if she was here for spending time with me and just being so candid and open with all of us. Until next time, please do take what feels good and leave all the rest. Thank you for listening to the We Are Magic podcast, created by me and produced by Abby Circatella. You can read more about me and my online courses at wearemagic.studio. It's a learning studio for the inner arts where I support embodied entrepreneurs, creatives, healers, leaders, and all souls visioning a new way forward. If you like this episode, I invite you to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening. I also offer a free newsletter filled with messages, stories, and energetic updates that you are welcome to join at wearemagic.studio. Until next time, may your peace bring you all sorts of magic today. Today.